Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and today is our little World Cup special podcast where we react to the 2022 FIFA World Cup and preview the second half of the Premier League season. And absolutely, mate. You talked about the Premier League. Don't forget about Premier League Pick'em. Your chance to win $50,000. Play Premier League Pick'em for free and you can become the next big winner. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app today, available in the App Store or Google Play Store. Okay, mate, we want to kick off with the 2022 uh, FIFA World Cup. Um, And brilliant tournament, lots of great talking points, lots of great drama, performances and action on the field. But um, I think it, it would be right of us, mate, to address a couple of Big issues that, that came out of the tournament. I'm going to start, first of all, with the terrible news that we all received of the, the passing of Grant Wall, who was the US, um, probably, um, I would say, in some way, carried the, 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 the torch for US football uh, against mm-hmm. some of the bigger American sports. Somebody we've, we've known, somebody we, we spoke with, somebody we've spent time with. And I think we were all shocked when we heard that he'd had um, uh, an aneurysm. He had CPR at the stadium at the Holland versus Argentina game um, and unfortunately um, and passed away a little later, uh, I think, in hospital. But um, so sad news. And I think it's important, mate, that we, we just give Grant a, a mention and talk about I think the effect of, of, of his life, the effect of what he was trying to do and the effect on football when, yes, the World Cup's the greatest tournament in the world, but it pales into insignificance um, when we're talking about, you know, the life of a man, a man who dedicated his life to American football. Yeah, I mean, he, for so many years, mate, you know, that he's been covering this sport. He's been the champion, really, for this sport from way back, I think, 1994. Uh, he started covering it after the World Cup in the US. I mean, it was such a blow to our community, Rob, because because in yeah. the US, we're a big old, I think we're a big old family. You know, different networks, mm-hmm. different people, different pundits, different teams, different everything, media. But I think we're a family. You know, we ain't yeah. that big. We, we We all know each other pretty much as well. And I think just... That news was a was a was a incredible shock to everybody, and I think the the reaction probably tells you everything, yeah. Rob. Not and I'm not just from everybody in the US who knew of him, knew of his work and stuff, but the respect that he's got everywhere else. I saw so many lovely yeah. tributes. I saw one from Henry Winter, Rob, uh, mm. of the English Times newspaper that did a lovely kind of thing into a camera about him. So many people talked about him and how friendly and how. I don't know, popular, how popular yeah. he was, not just in the US, but in mm. the UK and, and, and international tournaments where, of course, everybody knew who he was. Very, very mm. sad, mate. Very, very sad. The other thing I think that stood out for me, Rob, is um, how helpful he was to people either in trouble, starting mm. off in the industry, people who'd maybe made a mistake, written not a particularly great article, and he talked with them and he mentored them and he was part of trying... As you say, we, we are a football family. The, the night that the, the, um, the, the story broke and the news broke, I was actually visiting... Uh, the Men in Blazers were on a tour and they were in LA and I was actually went to LA. And the reaction in the room when I think it was, was uh, Roger toasted Grant Wall, the emotion in that room, mate, you could touch. Mm. 
it touched mm. many people's lives in, in that room. And um, mm. it was a day when we'd had, you know, this this supposedly great game of Holland v Argentina and drama and riveting and, mm. and action and goals and all that. And very, very secondary became the football and the top of the mm. agenda was Grant Wall. And, and that's a tribute mm. to him. Um, I thought it was with his family, obviously, and his wife, um, Celine mm. uh, Gunder, who's a, a, a well-known uh, medic in, in the U.S., uh, you know, our th- thoughts go out to her. It must have mm. been a difficult time to hear that news, to, to you know, have to have a phone call that um, a husband had passed yeah. away. Yeah, horrific, horrific. Yeah, yeah. Sadly missed, mate. He'll be sadly missed yeah, in our community. sadly missed, yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, so just, just swinging on to the World Cup, Rob, in general. Yeah. And, of mm. course, we're going to get to the – we'll get to the fun stuff, the tournament and the final, et cetera, in a second. But I just think, yeah. again – that I think is important that we just give a couple of minutes just about Qatar, my friend, and yeah. the hosting of the World Cup in this country mm. and the controversy and the difficulties and the migrant workers that it's yeah. estimated, Rob, that 6,000, around 6,500 yeah. have lost their lives since the bid mm. was, was won by Qatar and the building of the infrastructure and the stadiums. We know yeah. about the LGBTQ plus community uh, yeah. there and the lack of and the, the laws and stuff, the issues that that brings about. And it was mm-hmm. a controversial World Cup. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've seen, I've seen stuff in the media on broadcast in the US. And of course, here in England, we're in Eng- England right now getting ready for our Premier League restart. And I yeah. just think it was important to start off by just, just realising that us, like understand how difficult this has yeah. been for many, many people, my friend. And FIFA, yeah. I see, have announced they've made billions of, of dollars yeah. on the back of this World Cup. Mm. Can they, would they, should they compensate some of those families potentially that have lost their lives in the in this World Cup process? Maybe. You know, I just think it's important. Really good we, point. We, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we we can't gloss over and just turn to the football. There was there was many big social issues that were were attached to the, to this World Cup. Um, many called it almost like the pop-up World Cup, weren't they? There were stadiums going in and they're being dismantled a couple of days after. You know where where we talk about legacies. You talked about the migrant workers um, and, mm. and what they've had to live through, and, and some of the the pay that, that they were on, the the, the mm. safety issues around their work, with we, the misogyny misogyny with, with women in, in in that in that area. The LGBTQ community talked about mm. you know not being accepted the the, the way they they were over there. Um, yeah. I heard a lovely line, Rob, that, that, that said, you know, this World Cup stands for and, and reminds us that we've got a beautiful game, but sometimes in a bit of an ugly world. And I thought it was really well put that there's still many issues that football can help to address, but we still have to address them. We can't just talk about Argentina and Messi and then Morocco and the great stories. We have... World Cups mm. should go to areas where they can rehabilitate, where they can make people make change in, in, in society and that's something that fifa have a duty to do not just put on tournaments and and and, and you know all hug uh Lionel messi at the end that's that's great and those are great scenes but that's easy mm. but they should be hugging those of the lgbt community they should be hugging those migrant workers who've lost uh family members um you know that's where mm. i think fifa can take a bigger a bigger step forward and, and, and have a bigger impact on, on football and society as a whole. The, the last thing, Rob, I want to say on it is I, I listened to a broadcaster that moved to Qatar, I think a decade ago, 
And he was saying that it's changing and it has changed that the, the, the government now are addressing some of these issues and the there's a company that, that managed the migrant workers and that's been shut down or there's a, there was a mm. policy that's been... So he's saying it's very different to back them when yeah. they got the bid and yeah. it all this started. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of encouraging, I guess, Rob, that, that he was saying, and he's, he lives there, that this, you know, they're, they're trying to make improvements and, and it is improving yeah. in the country. Okay, that was a wider view on, on the FIFA uh, World Cup in Qatar. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty, my friend. The, the good stuff that we were... I think we've been itching to, to jump on a podcast, having you know, taken um, some, some weeks off. Um, Argentina, my friend, get it done. Lionel Messi becomes the GOAT. End of the argument. The only person in the world who probably wasn't pleased with, with Lionel Messi might be a certain Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe even he, <laughs> yeah. maybe even he was happy for the, no. the great little, no. little, little genius. No. But let, let, let's, let's talk about the game, Rob, first. Let, let's talk about Argentina 3, France 3. Let's talk about Argentina as a team. Let's talk about Lionel Messi, what he bought. Let's talk about Kylian Mbappe, by the way. The se- only the second player ever to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final and moments of sheer genius, brilliance, athleticism, wow, that yeah. marks him to be out to be a very, very special talent who one day we might be holding in the same way we're doing it with Lionel Messi right now. Yeah, I think he, I think he will. I think I saw a goal scoring charts of the World Cup scorers mm-hmm. and he's, I mean, I think he's like fifth 12, or sixth he, on the list already. I think he's 12 already. He's 12. Yeah, 12 already and fifth on the, on the list. So, I mean, is it fifth on the list? So, I mean, he's going to be there. Yeah, he's yeah. a phenomenal player. I mean, and that was France, wasn't it? I mean, maybe that's over, oversimplifying it. France mm. found a way to get by at each round, but Mbappe was the man. He was absolutely the man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Giroud scored against England and there's others, of course, have contributed. Griezmann but, played well. Yeah, I thought Griezmann, Griezmann did play well. Yeah, he did play well. And they were missing three or four mm. key players, France. And, uh, but, but Mbappe, wow. Yeah, I mean, the, the pace that he's got, the electric kind of speed and the acceleration and the ruthlessness. There was a, a part in that mm. towards the end of the game. I mean, it gets a little bit confusing because so much went on, so, so much went crazy at the end of the game. You thought he was going to go and win the game. He's going to, he started yeah, dribbling yeah, outside, yeah. inside. Yeah, and he, he, stood, yeah. he looked like he was going to take over and win the game for France in, in like yeah. 10 minutes. Um, but it wasn't to be, and it was an incredible game of football, Rob. And um, mm. just, just sort of bigger picture for Argentina, Rob, in the game, right? Because you yeah. know what I'm like. I'm, I'm, I'm sat on the edge mm. of my seat here when this game's going on. And the first 45 minutes, I was yeah. like that, Argentina. Like, well played in, in everything. Mm. Leonel Scaloni, uh, Scaloni, the coach of the team, mm. yeah. set them up beautifully. Absolutely beautifully. Picked uh, Engel Di Maria at 34 years of age, Rob, to come yeah. back into the starting lineup for the final and said to him, you go and play on the left wing. Just stay on. Yeah. You just like Pep-like of, of what there, he wants yeah. his wingers to stay mm-hmm. wide. You stay there. Rodrigo de Paul, you're playing yeah. kind of on the right side of midfield, but you're going to move in. And yeah. when you move in, Alexis McAllister is going to run Drop forward. Space, that's, going yeah. to, that's going to give the French back for a problem. And that's going to leave... Di Maria on all the time, swinging mm. the ball out there. I thought they were tactically superb, really, yeah. where France were heavily criticised. But I'm a, I'm a really strong believer in watching games. The team yeah. that uses the ball well and are clean, they don't make mistakes. They don't, they don't um, 
invite turnovers. They don't get caught on the ball. They don't, they don't give silly balls away. Their passing was impeccable to start yeah. this game off. That set the rhythm. The tactics helped that passing and helped that game. They totally dominated, Rob. That first 45 minutes, mm. I was like, wow. In, in everything from stopping France play to dominating yeah. the midfield area to, to, to getting the breakthrough goals for Messi on a free roll wherever he wants to go. Alvarez kind of flowing actually a little bit deeper at times, but Di Maria, Rob, was the star yeah. initially to get the penalty, to score the second goal. I thought they were superb in the first half. Well, the, the midfield setup was interesting because the midfield oh. setup it allowed Messi to drop in as well and create an extra yep. man. And every time Messi yep. picked a ball up, Rob, he picked it up in five or ten yards of space because France yep. were almost always outnumbered in, in that key area of the pitch. Griezmann couldn't get into the game at all, couldn't find... Because they didn't have the ball. They didn't Mbappe, have the ball. He didn't have the ball. Mbappe, similar, redundant. And they start to use, um, because he isn't going to track back in the same way. So all of a sudden, down that, that right-hand side, um, Argentina had great, you know, DePaul coming down that side. As you say, McAllister making those runs. I mean, Alex McAllister, my friend. Brighton and Old Albion, World wow. Cup winning. I mean, wow. superstar, wow. by the way. At the top level of world football, this guy yeah. was dominating the midfield. Dominating yeah. the midfield. And I know France were missing maybe a Kante and a Pogba and players of that calibre, but it's still mm. a World Cup team that are champions. They've made the final again. Alexander McAllister. Mm. I mean, yeah. wow. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's going to be he's going to be a target. I mean, the January yeah. window's coming up very, yeah. very, very quickly. And why wouldn't Rob any team in that Premier League want him? The main reason is he might have to, he might have to get him back from Argentina, though. That might be your biggest problem. It might be two months before he comes <laughs> back after celebrating. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, yeah, you you're imagine right. You're right. Like, let, let me tell you that you know. A certain Mr. Potter, who, who probably knows all about him and appreciates, appreciates all he's about, might just look at that Chelsea team that at times from midfield can be a bit stodgy, can be a bit similar. Didn't know, yeah. offer them a little something different. Yeah, and he plays in different spots. We've seen that with Brian. Yeah. We've seen that with Argentina. He can play, he can literally play a, a, a six, an eight, a ten. Mm. I mean, he can play in every one of those spots because yeah. he's super good on the ball. So he was a standout player, Rob. There's a bunch of standout players in that side. Yeah. Enzo Fernandez, a midfield player, one young player, mm. only 21 years yeah. of age, in the middle of their, uh, their midfield, plays for Benfica right now. Another player that's going to be on the radar of many yeah. clubs. We know that. There's always going to be a few that World Cup transfers are going to get their moves. Julian Alvarez, my friend. Alvarez, all of a sudden. Yeah. You know Highest-scoring <laughs> Premier League player in the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, he can't it, get into his team right now, you know, as things were, but... He's going to be coming back. He's going to be riding off confidence. He's going to be world champion, you know, into the second half of the season. We'll talk Premier League a little later. But, I mean, mm. how were we? Do? So, just before half-time, the, the Argentina go 2-0 up. The, the second Di Maria goal was, was a beautiful, beautiful. instructed midfield. Messi's, feet. Messi's but, quick feet. Yeah. But, yeah, McAllister, you know, Di Maria, 2-0. Yeah. Big call by Didier Deschamps, mate. 40 minutes on the clock. Off you come, Dembele, maybe clumsy, didn't get in the game, gave away the penalty kick. Olivier Giroud, they were talking about there were some injuries, but maybe didn't get into game, maybe not his kind of game. You sense that Deschamps was going to go for more pace, more mobility Mm. in the attack to get to himself. Were you at all surprised, Robbie, did it five minutes before half-time? 
Did did that in any way make you make you think? I I was surprised. I was I sat with a, a couple of people and said he obviously just now believes that the pace and, and the mobility of the front three is 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 what's going to get them back in the game. Because to 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 not do, I mean, we saw Giroud's reaction, and and of course it's a World Cup final. Of course you're going to be disappointed, and it wasn't yeah. his day, but. I said normally that would happen at half time. Uh, yeah, but don't don't you respect him for doing that, Rob? I mean, yeah, the listen, because he did it, did it, did it. Deshaun made made many he made many mm. subs, Rob, to affect affect the game yeah. to do that and to realise that they were getting a doing that they were getting outnumbered oh, in midfield, and the and yeah. the whole Argentina team was slanted to the left. Mm. It was all slanted yeah. because DePaul from the right side of player, came into the middle. Mm. They all shunted over there. Left fullback gets forward. Di Maria's yeah. out there. Messi can fly in there. So that, they had a big problem. And I was like, well done. Well done. Mm. Why not make a change right now? Get yeah. get a little sense of it before the halftime break yeah. where you can maybe and make some more changes. So I'm like, around, yeah, yeah mm. good, good. And, it, and, it, and by the way, it took a, it took a while. I mean, even yeah. into the second half. Well, it, Jerome, it, yeah, but it, 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 it did happen. When it happened, you saw what he was about. And obviously, Mbappe comes alive. He, he, he gets his couple of goals in, what, less than, than two minutes. And all of a sudden, we're thinking, wow, this, this looks very different. Yeah. I mean, at that point, looked oh, like Argentina looked over. like you were on the ropes a little bit, weren't they? Massively on the ropes. Massively, Robin. Yeah. And it was, it was the physicality of France. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that kind of latter part of the second half. I'm like, God, how strong do France look yeah. with these yeah, substitutions? Yeah. Power, mm. size, pace. You know, Messi Around was trying minute. to do his things yeah. and then a big mm. tackle would come in yeah. and take the ball away from it. At that point, and then, like I said earlier, Rob, Mbappe looked like every time he's going to get the ball, he's going to do is make mm. something happen. You know, it's 2-2. Two, two, two. They're looking the stronger side. And I think the final whistle was like, Wow! Th- thank God yeah. it's gone to that for Argentina. <laughs> I, think yeah. I think they had yeah. a breath. They took a breath, mm. and and the start of, of extra time. Oh, here we are again. Oh, here yeah. it is again. Came again, didn't they? they? Came had a couple of good they, they looks actually again. early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They came again. got in one time. They had a little good play down that right hand side. Got a few crosses in the box. Made one yeah. or two opportunities. Uh, you know, Messi gets some a brilliant. Goal well works again. Shot comes in. Decent save from Lloris. Messi's in the right place. Gets yeah, it over I the thought line. he was offside, Rob. I'm shouting in my, yeah, in my so, living room. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I think that final ball, I thought he was offside, but he wasn't. It was he super wasn't, close. No. Clean, yeah. Nice and clean and gets ahead. Oh, that was for 3-2, wasn't it? That was for 3-2. Three, 3-2. Three, two. Three, two. And then um, we, we then get, you know, France continues to come back. Started to have more of a threat, as, as you say, and we, we get a handball situation. And then how about, how's about that for pressure, by the way? I mean, we've seen penalty kicks, miss, you know, we're talking about England and, and, yeah. and what that means. I mean, he scored a, uh, a great, he scores a penalty, he scores a great goal. Then he has his second penalty, mate, against one of the best goalkeepers in, in the tournament. I mean, yeah. ice cold, mate. Absolutely yeah. ice cold, this kid. Yeah, and, and he, he hits him with power, Rob. Yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes yeah. goalkeepers are going to guess the right way. If mm. you can add really good power with that accuracy, even if they guess the right way, it's mm. still going to flip past their hands and they can't, you know, that was, that was, yep. it. I can't, I can't imagine like, and I like, listen, I can't yeah. imagine the pressure and I, and I wouldn't mind touching on this later on, Rob, about penalties. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many penalties. I want to, I want to, as, as we get to summarizing, I want to go mm. back there a little bit, but no, the pressure on some of these penalty kicks and Mbappe did it and three, three. Yeah. And then where are we now? We're into extra time. 
Excellent. What about what about the most what about the defining moment of the game? The moment of the game, my friend, when Emmy Martinez saves from Moani. Saves from Moani. The when he's through. Yeah, that's the World Cup win. That's it, right or, there, or not? Yeah, that. And then to be fair, Argentina had a chance with Martinez as, yeah. a, as a, who has a terrible header. Don't know what yeah. what he was doing. Looks like come off the corner the of his head. head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, the save for Martinez was. I mean, incredible, phenomenal, huge. Phenomenal. And by the way, let me let me just let me just give you a word on Emmy Martinez because um, we'll talk about. I've just did a very quick kind of team of the tournament and goalkeepers blown, and and I, and I thought he has to be in, my friend. And and oh, there's yeah. a word that I'm not sure we're supposed to use on a podcast, which starts with oh, no. S and finishing hosiery. And this guy is the Superman of that word. Um, and the other thing about him, mate. <laughs> If you ever look back at this, the last the scene where Messi's lifting the cup and he puts it above his head, look behind him and look how long the arms of Emmy, Emmy Martinez puts his hands <laughs> like that. He nearly touches the floodlights in the corner of the thing. He has the big, he's got the longest arms you have ever seen, which makes me think yeah. as well, Rob. If he goes the right way on a penalty. He's going to have a great chance of saving it because he's got those. I like. It. I watch his feet. You look at his arms. Yeah. I, look, I watched his feet. He tipped up his little feet he real quick. He his little feet, done he? Yeah, and then yeah. springs to get some springs off from whichever side he goes for. I mean, incredible, incredible save that left yeah. foot, uh, and then that of course led, led into a penalty shootout where, yeah, who knows? You know, who knows is going to come out on top? I look at Lina Messi going for his penalty, Rob, and I'm like. This could be his last kick in an Argentina yeah. shirt. Like, please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. Nah, he was never missing, fan. was he? He was never missing. I mean, that is where, and you talk, and I know you want to talk about penalties, but you, you know, that that level of those players. Yeah, it, it is you know, unearthly. I don't know. All, I don't know. Some strength, this next genius. He, 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 there was no way he was missing that, mate. There was absolutely no way he was missing that. Maybe, like you say, his last kick ever in Argentina's year, playing for his country, he was never missing that. Just like Mbappe was never going to miss. Yeah. Apologies if, if we're breaking up or you're just breaking up a little bit, Rob, but we'll, we'll keep cracking on. We got, mm. I mean, the, the yeah. weather's not happening in England. We've got awful blimmin' storms and rain and stuff here in England, but hopefully, you know, it's, it's people can, can listen and, and see us okay. Yeah. Um, no, that, that, and, and of course, Argentina went on to win the penalty shootout. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm just, I gotta, I gotta be honest. Are you okay I, with, are you, not, are you okay with the Martinez? Are you okay with the Martinez? Like, threw the ball to, away to Romani before he takes a penalty kick, puts a little bit of pressure on him, takes a little bit longer, he comes up with a kick. He slams it wide. Some might say not, ungentlemanly conduct. Yeah, not, I'm not, not. I'm not really. I'm not really okay with it, Rob. I, you mm. know, I'm not really okay with it. It's not. It's not okay to do things like that during a game. Is it un, ungentlemanly conduct? Is a yellow card offence? I mean, mm. yeah. Got one I'm after, not, I, didn't I, I think. I think there's something that we should play a part. Yeah. But overriding, Rob, I thought Argentina deserved to win it. I think they yeah, were a better team yeah. over the piece, over the over the majority mm-hmm. of the game. Um, yeah. It surprised me a little bit. I, I thought Argentina were just outside the favourites 
what I thought going yeah, into the for tournament. Me, yeah, for me, yeah. Of course, yeah. we don't see, we don't get to see their qualifying so much as maybe others. Um, I'm just absolutely thrilled for Lionel Messi. I, I, don't, I make no bones about it. I've been no. a massive fan no. of him. When I worked on La Liga football for for a good five, six, seven years, covering his team and Real Madrid and all the big boys in that league for many, many years, I saw him come through with Pep's Barcelona, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and he yeah. took my breath away, literally in commentary, many, many times. And I know it's been a, it's a, been a difficult relationship with Argentina. Left the country very, very yeah. young to go and, and get his mm-hmm. career going in Barcelona. I'm so, you know, because that's the, that's the thing that people say about him, about oh, Maradona, you know, he took the team on his shoulders and he won him a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I didn't know whether he could do it at 35 years of age. He tried a few times before, but this is a good team. This is a good supporting crew. Yeah. And he did make an impact, Rob. He scored many goals. The brilliant oh. assist in the, in the game before. Well, throughout it, um, each round, didn't he? Five goals, first place, scoring every round. Yeah. Grip yeah. Stage, I mean, so he, he has done it. Finals, he has done it for him. Yeah. He has led yeah. them to the, to the, to the hallowed ground of another World Cup. So I'm so pleased for him. You know what was interesting for me, Rob, and I heard um, Zabaleta talking about it and I heard um, Sergio Aguero talking about it, that when you've... The, the, this current group uh, of players have played, first of all, for the national shirt, but just as closely played for Messi because they've said they've known what he's sacrificed, they've known what it means, they understand the criticism at times he's had to face... And they felt that they've owed him. And I felt, Rob, all through the tournament, you know, I heard uh, Alex McAllister do um, uh, uh, an interview very early in the tournament and was talking about, like, sometimes he, he, he still has to sort of take a second look and he's, he's in the dressing with Messi. But they all does, to a does. man, they all to a man, Rob, feel like they have to give that little bit more to get him over the line. And he was playing his part, but it almost like nobody in that team wanted to let him down, wanted to be the person. So much respect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely respect. Mm. And, um, Mm. you know, I was the same. I thought France would win the game. I thought they'd have too much individual quality and athleticism for an Argentina team that I'm 100% sure. But thought the message. Was was the chance they were going to have it, and so it was the performance, but the way that the team played, but coach did a brilliant, brilliant job with yeah. with, with, with the group and and, and his uh, mm. his tactics for the final, and and just his the way he carried himself, Rob. I thought he carried himself brilliantly through the tournament. Must be, pre- you know, mm. winning it for Argentina is like winning it for England. There's a pressure, there's a media, there's a there's a fan element, there's a country that, that that's invested in it. I thought he, he, he handled himself mm. brilliantly through the tournament. Yeah, I mean, they lost, it's it just Saudi, was work. it just Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Saudi Arabia, first game. They lost yeah, in the first, first game. game. Yeah, and we're all yeah. like scratching our head going, yeah. really? I know. Yeah, I, I looked at his, uh, his coaching kind of career and, mm. you know, he's one of those guys, Robert. He's a coach's coach. You know, he coached the youth teams yeah. at Argentina. I think he was an assistant mm. coach before that in La Liga, I believe. So, he, you know, I think he's one yeah. of them that... It's funny yeah, yeah. what makes a successful international manager. It isn't always what you think it might be. I mean, Gareth Southgate's kind of mm. done a, a little bit of a similar thing coming through the FA with some of the younger sides. Um, but yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, worthy winners. And like you, Rob, my heart was saying Argentina. My head was saying France for the final. Um, mm. But Argentina did it. And Messi's got his yeah. World Cup. And Absolutely. i got to ask you, mate. He, 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 was my, he, was, he was my 
goat before this tournament in terms of yeah. what I've seen with my eyes. And I, you get the you get the Pele numbers and everything else. I yeah. get all that. Mm. But watching him, his his seven Ballon d'Ors, World Cup, Copa yeah. America, I mean, the league titles, mold, so many of that stuff. So he was always the greatest player that's ever played for me. What was your yeah. before and after thing on Messi? Um, he's absolutely, you know, high up there in, in the conversation. Um, in the Ronaldo, Messi, who's the goal, I think the last two months of, of, of the way that both players have performed on the pitch, handled themselves off the pitch, tells me proves why I had Messi ahead of Ronaldo in that conversation. Yep. I'd have to say, Rob, and it's something that I believe no one for me goes above Maradona. And he'll be right up there and the great man would have been looking down and smiling and probably juggling the ball with his left foot and, 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 and such parts. Mm. But I still feel the great Diego Maradona sits just ahead okay. of Lionel Messi okay. for me. Okay, mate. Um, got it. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, that yep. the, uh, the 86 World Cup was amazing. One last thing, Rob. i got to mention uh, a friend of ours that we've talked with, we've had him on our podcast before, Andres Cantor, for the call of the yep. game for Telemundo, mm-hmm. born in Argentina, massive Argentina mm-hmm. fan. We spoke to him. We pre- previewed the World Cup on our show. Yep. To see Absolutely. him call, they had, a camera, they had a camera on him calling the final penalty that goes into the back of the net that Argentina won the World Cup, and he got yep. emotional. It was powerful TV that I, 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 I couldn't love it anymore. Of all the things we've seen at the mm. World Cup, him describing that with a camera on his face, what it meant to him, Rob, is what this World yeah. Cup's all about, is what the sport is all about. I was sat in this living room on my own watching it, and I got a little blooming tear come down my cheek just to see how he felt about his country winning that World Cup first since 78 when they had it in Argentina. Did you see that? I did see it. And I think also, Rob, it, it was so humbling because I think people feel like... you. You know, we've we've played in 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 in, in top level of football. We, we we work in top level of football. You become a bit immune to it that it, it's just there and you're doing your job. Well, actually, mate, we're all fans deep down. We all love totally. the game. We we love the, totally. the individuals. We love the skills. We love the drama. And 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 I just thought it was so real from from Andros, who epitomises all that's good about journalism in in football. There. You know, he's not making it about him. He's not making, you know, wanting no. the story to in any way change. It's just giving his view as somebody who's travelled the world, who's seen great players, who's commentated on great matches, what this moment means to somebody who's, who's aligned to, to that country. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a good shout, really good shout. I mean, he should win an Oscar for something like that. I mean, Andros is, is, a, is a, a legend in his own right with, with the calls. But, yeah, just, just the... Um, the real sort of nature of a man who loves the sport and, and loves his country was, was a great moment. Mm. Listen, Rob, just, let's just wrap up the World Cup, mate. I, I just think I, I want to yeah. get a few just gen, general thoughts, Rob, on what a blimming great tournament it was oh. and what a, group, what a great group stage it was. Those, yeah. those third games in the groups are some of the dramas, some of the, some of the flipping failures when you think of Germany and Belgium. Yeah. Portugal, 
people disappointed in the round of 16. You had the story of Morocco, Rob, which is an incredible story of a team that yeah. nobody thought about. That the first African team to make the semi-finals. Semi-final, yeah. The way that they defended. There's a moment, I think, going into the Portugal game or the, the, the France game. I'm like, they can win it. They could, they, they could grind out yeah. the way yeah. to win it. But they yeah. made a mistake early on in that France game mm. when, they, when they got caught. Just try to come and win the ball a bit quickly. Um, but so many stories, Rob. And i got to say, mate, and, and, and uh, Infantino, the, the FIFA president, yeah. is talking yeah. about rethinking... Well, we know he's re- for those out there. Uh, the group, know he's, yeah, there's going to have yeah. more teams in the next World Cup in the US, uh, Canada, and Mexico. Um, some crazy format of three three teams in a group, and best two get yeah. through. Like, don't please don't mess around with it. And he, he said a few days ago, Rob, didn't he, that he is reconsidering after such a great reconsidering World Cup. that. Yeah, I haven't seen what he saw. He's also he's got to reconsidering taking off his. He's also got to reconsider taking off his sneakers when he's giving over the, the World Cup and put a pair of a, a nice shoes on. I mean, you, come on, man. You, it's FIFA. Uh, come on, put a better stand on it. But yeah, you're right, mate. It was, was, was a absolutely incredible class tournament. Uh, a drama of moments, uh, uh, sitting there with a few mates at times, having a beer, watching games, great talking points after. And just for a bit of fun, mate, I, I, I just sort of quickly, just on, on, on my way before we were doing the podcast, thought, let me stick a little, like, 11, best 11 of my World Cup. And you can kind of talk me in and out before before we get to um, one or two. Or do you want to leave that till after, till we've spoken about a couple of other teams? Do you want to go through the other, the other big well, teams team. first? And then we'll... we'll, we'll uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I thought Morocco deserves a mention uh, for what they did in yeah. the tournament. I just thought, yeah. I just thought the drama that we saw in this World Cup, I can't remember seeing it before, Rob. Mm. And I know it's different. I know no. it's a Winter World yeah. Cup. Word, word me a little bit. And Fantina was saying it's been such a great World Cup. You know, maybe, yeah, this, we'll maybe, maybe do it again. This format yeah, yeah. could work in the future. Yeah. No, I don't know whether what's yeah. in that and whether players that have mm. come off most of them in the European seasons that are just getting up to speed and they and they come into a yeah. World Cup fresh. Uh, you know, it wasn't hot in those stadiums, there's mm-hmm. air conditioning. And this time of year, it's warm, but but it wasn't hot in there, Rob. It was kind of no, ideal no. conditions for football. Yeah. I thought we saw higher tempo games, which helped, I think, with some of the drama that we saw. The football was good. It wasn't slow and hot. I'm thinking about no. Spain World Cup and Mexico World Cup and, and others where the football is a little drab and a little slow. I thought the football mm. was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Good, yeah. The format is the 32 teams. I think we're going to lose that battle. Sadly, FIFA are going to win that. They're going to they're going to they're going to add another well, bunch more teams of in more team games. Groups. They are they yeah, are more teams, more uh, games, more money, which is which would yeah. be a shame because I think this tournament has shown us that does don't need to mess with it. The football talks for itself, mate. It, it does the job. Yeah. I, you know, my headline. You know, the Japanese team, Rob. You know, yeah, slaying Germany and Spain. I mean, incredible scenes. Uh, yeah. After after those games, Belgium, my friend, Bel- the golden generation. What happened to Rusty? The Rusty generation. <laughs> I mean, how can Kevin De Bruyne? You know, Kevin De Bruyne comes out after one or two games, isn't it? And says we're too old. Yeah, that was that was incredible for them. I thought Australia were breath of fresh air, mate. I thought coming into the tournament, nobody expected anything from it. I mean, A League players, you know, a couple. Journeyman Scottish players put together good spirit, great tactics, knew what they wanted to do as a team. I thought my, my, my takeaway from the tournament, Rob, is that 
the big boys no longer have it to themselves. Morocco have shown that if the African nations pull together to sort of take things seriously, tactically are smart, employ people sometimes from their own country, who it means more, who travelled a little bit, the gap's closing, mate. The gap is absolutely mm. closing. Um, and, mm. and Morocco, you know, are a signature for the Arab-speaking countries, the African countries. Um, you know, World Cup final, World Cup semi-final, third and fourth place playoff, and, and we're so close. And one of my endearing images of this World Cup is Sofian Bufal dancing on the pitch with his mother, mate. Yeah, that was a great you, image, that, wasn't it? That's, that's what great. it's all about, isn't it? That is what yeah. playing for a, a nation that's not maybe England and Germany and Spain and US and whatever, but a team that still believed, that played great football, that were right on the edge of maybe making it to a World Cup and then celebrating with your, your parents on the pitch. That, for me, is, is what's great about this tournament. Rob, uh, you know what? We, we talked so much about the tournament in Argentina. Mm. We've got to touch on a couple of teams, my friend. We've got to touch on the US yeah. team. We've got to touch on England, haven't we? Before we get on to the Correct. Premier League, and I know Correct. we're going on and on, and I knew it was going yeah. to be a short podcast. <laughs> I know it's difficult yeah. to blame in. But let's, mm. the USA, mate, the USA team. Yeah. I mean, we don't get to comment on the US men's no, national team too not much, at all. Mate. Mm. Um, But that doesn't mean we don't watch the games and we don't no. take an interest in it. And we don't read the mm. comments, etc. Now, can we study yeah. it as much as some of the some of our US friends study it? Probably not. But yeah. I tell you what, I did not think they played well. I did not yeah. think that they that they that Greg Berhalter, and I know there's a there's a ton of different opinions of, uh, out there about him. I, I let me give you my take on it. Mm. I've watched USA play in World Cups before. They've gone they've gone further. They've done well. They've they've they've, yeah. they've created yeah. you know, they, they've created great uh, history, great moments like that everybody's enjoyed. This team plays differently. This is a different US team. They, they, this, isn't, this isn't kind of bunkering in and, and defending tough and keeping the foot in shape and knocking it a little bit longer and a bit all about physicality. This is a team that can play Rob. It's a team that's mm. got two really good attacking fullbacks. Tim Ream comes in from nowhere, by the way, which yeah, I don't understand, yeah. was, was, is a lovely footballer. You've got three guys in midfield that are, are really comfortable on the ball. They can dominate midfield again in the England game for that. You know, they've got yeah. wide players that can score goals. Pulisic on, the, on one side, Ware on the mm. other side. Striker is not great, not ideal. I get that. Yeah. Brendan Harrison, Rob, that we, we, we talk about for Leeds yeah. United. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm like, I, I got to think he should, should have played more. I, I don't can't see why, yeah. Can't see why I can't get I mean, in there, yeah. We yeah. saw from him. So that was my biggest... And we'll get on with um, mm. Jay Rayner in a second. Um, yeah. But in general, I think, and I think Greg Berhalter said this, Rob, they wanted the world to see the U.S. men's national team differently. They're a different yeah. team. And I think, mm. I think they are. And I think they showed that. A little naive, mm. maybe, with some of the expansion, some of the football that they played, and that, yeah. that, that willingness to get forward and a little bit gung-ho mm. ho sometimes. Yeah. But they're young. They're learning. Mm. I, I was really impressed. And again, this is just me. And I know everyone's got their own mm. opinions on it. And, and that's great. I think yeah. they've took a big step in terms of playing a style of football that's progressive, that's attacking, that's attractive, and that can, can go on and, and set the kind of standard, the not benchmark, a bit, bit of a blueprint yeah. about what the USA are. What are yeah. the US? I think the U.S. Uh, football fan now in this country, they appreciate 
good football and they want to see good football. My best, mm. my best American friend wants to see him playing, get on the ball. And I yeah. think this World Cup, we've seen that. There's a ton of other things I could say as well about, mm. Rob, about why I don't see this team playing together before the tournament. Why Tim Ream hadn't heard from the US yeah. uh, setup for almost a year and the last second comes yeah. in. And the final thing mm. before we let me get back in, Rob, as I'm kind of going on a little bit now, ranting a bit, is between now and the next World Cup, or the international breaks, Rob, why don't we see this team, or close to it, play every game? Why is that? When, we, yeah. when you were in international break and we watched England, we watched Germany, we watched Italy, all the other teams, oh yeah, there's the team. There's a few different players in, mm. that's the team. Yeah. They're getting better. Yeah. The US, I'm like, I, I don't know any of these. What, mm. I mean, this all international break, Rob. They, 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 they're so, in, 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 in some respects, Rob, the country's too big. There's too much choice. The, the talent pool's too big. If you're Croatia, if you're Croatia, these are well, the four million people in the country. You pick the same lot, and they get together, and you you can produce a, a look of Modric. I agree with you about the step. A big step, I think, might be pushing it a bit further than I'd say. I think there's a step. I think they close the gap. I think there's a start of a personality in the DNA that that's important because at times we never thought that. The US basically had to bunker in, work really hard, and then maybe rely on a little bit of quality from one or two in the yeah. team. I think they're better. They're better than that. I think Berhalter still has his critics, Rob. Yeah. Despite where they are, I saw a lot of people that weren't happy. We're talking about he's, you know, he's done his bit now. Let, let's move on. I think that would be wrong. I think he, there's a good base there. I agree with you. A couple of things stand out to me, and we've seen it. Um, we work on the Olympics. This USA team don't qualify for Olympic football competitions. Don't have tournament, don't have tournament experience at young ages when we've yeah. seen it works for Argentina, it works for Spain. We saw it. We saw Alexis McAllister, Rob. I did, I did the, the, the Olympic Games. He played for Argentina. Correct. We've seen it. You know, and, and Richarlison for, for Brazil and, and all the rest yeah. of it. We, and the US don't take it seriously enough to qualify for competitions, Rob. And, 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 and understand and learn and mature together as a group about getting the job done and, and being close and having that. that. Some of, some of the, the, the teams, you know, I, I put Morocco, I put Croatia and probably Australia, were almost like club teams, Rob. They felt like club teams, like, you know, a club teams where you've got an extra special bond because you know this guy and you've been around him a long time and you... you, you the US don't at times, at times don't have that. Hmm. And, and that's something they, they've got to address. The other thing, Rob, is that I would say, and CONCACAF as, as, as a region has got to do better in terms of, I mean, Canada qualified and without disappointing themselves. But the standard of opposition of games and keeping that group together is how they're going to improve. During those international periods, they can have, they've got lots of players in Europe, they can fly the others out, they can have a weak camp, they can play some good quality opposition and grow together. So when they come to World Cups, it's not a shock. We're, we're used to that. We might lose a couple of those games on the road, but learn the, 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 our kind of way, our way through it. Those are the things, Rob, that to me are still holding the US back. And if you're not, if you can't find a centre forward, Pep Guardiola has given us all the, the, the blueprint. Find a false nine. Mm. Get mm. Brendan Alshon in your team and find yeah. a false nine. 
Yeah, I, I, I just I just want to see from here on, Rob, that team or close mm. to it playing in the international breaks. Take every opportunity you can take to get better. It's a young team. They need yeah. to play, to your point. I mean, you talk about yeah. Australia. Australia are an Olympic team as well. Yeah, Same yeah. guy, Grain Arnold. He, he coaches the Olympic team and the full first team for Australia. So, yeah, that's... that's yeah. I, I just think they've got to play more. And, and other teams, other players go to internationals and from Brazil and Argentina, all over the place. All right, Rob, so that's, that's the US Men's National Team's World Cup. Yeah. Of course, we were watching very closely England. And as, as the group stages kind of wrapped up, I think English people were getting excited, Rob, because mm. we're pretty good. We're a pretty good team. And we saw the other teams. Yeah. And we had a really great game against France, but that's where we crashed out. But I think it's kind of a progressive England team that's getting better, that's improving. You know, yeah. Harry Kane's second penalty that, that, that went over the top literally had me on the floor uh, at that point when I watched it with some friends. Um, mm. But, but Gareth Southgate, I think it's kind of public knowledge now, Rob, just kind of being announced that he's going to yeah. stay on because there was talk about whether yeah. he had a break from it, that he, he, that he was going to finish after this World Cup. But I think the way that the mm. team played... Um, the way it's kind of, it, it came together pretty well. It was a little bit more of attacking sense with the 4-3-3 that worked pretty well. Um, I think some of the young players coming through makes it exciting for him to continue working with them. So yeah. for me, yeah. I know there's, again, different opinions out there. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that Gareth's yeah. taking them on. It, he's growing, Rob. They're improving. They're getting closer. Yeah. And I think the team, just by what you see, is a good team. There's young mm. players. They're going to learn from that experience. They're going to get a little bit better. Um, so the Euros in Germany is in 18 months' time. So, like, carry on. He's going to carry on through that, and then we'll see after that. If you think about who could replace Gareth Southgate now if he decided to, to step down, you know, it's not strong. Many, yeah, there's not many strong candidates, Rob. I mean, as ever, um, the, the, the critics tend to say, well, is there a bit of negativity in, in, in Gareth? Is he a little bit... Um, reticent to, to get cautious. players on, yeah. yeah. Of course, to get play, players on the pitch, you know, when we need to, to, to be controlling games, winning games, you know, is it is does, does do you need to get Greenish on the pitch quicker, or you know, whether you take Saka off or Foden on? I mean, he's it, always going to come and have Christian unless, unless he wins the, 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 the tournament because, as you say, there's so much potential in this group. They're all still good ages, Rob. Another two years mm. to Euros, four years to World Cup in, in America. This team should mm. be should be peaking, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold and, 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 and the likes. You know, you've got Saka, you, you, you've got Foden, you, you know, uh, Marcus Rashford's come back into a bit of form and, and, and could be, you know, a great asset moving forward for this for the English team. So, yeah, so many good things. And I think the other thing, Rob, to come out of it was... Harry Maguire, Rob, had a yeah. very, very strong tournament, I thought. Hmm. John Stones, hmm. another one who we were, you know, there's, there's a rick coming. Didn't really come, in all honesty. In, in an area of the pitch that I thought, oh, we'll find, finally get, we'll get exposed against a better front, front line. I didn't think that particularly happened, Rob, and I thought that, that was encouraging for, for Gareth. I thought Luke Shaw had a very good tournament. He did, yeah. Lots of players had good tournaments. I mean, Jude Bellingham was outstanding. Like, yeah, wow, yeah. this this guy is, made, is mm. making us so much better in midfield. The only thing I'd say on the centre-backs, Rob and Harry Maguire, and I agree, by the way, the pressure that that, that guy was under oh, and he got selected and he, yeah. and, he, and he looked really, really good. Oh. All I would say, and listen, I'm not 
he didn't play against anybody, Rob. Center forwards. You can't, if you think about, like, if you think about, yeah, no, no, was, no, 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 every single game, you think about the center forward that he played up against, apart from Olivier Giroud, who scored the, the winning goal. Uh, USA, no striker. Wales, Kiefer Moore, average. Iran, don't know. Senegal, no. So, listen, I agree he had a good tournament, but I'm not getting... You can't say that, Rob, anymore. You can't say that anymore about the tournament because before the ball was kicked, you'd have said, oh, Morocco, nah, Australia, nah, not so sure. You, you can do that all the time. You, you have to deal with and play with against what's put up for you. And I, I know, and he did well against that level. That against level, he was great. Nah, no, you can't just say that level. <laughs> you can't say that level. It, it, that, that's where Harry, K, Harry Maguire gets... Uh, slighted because of his historical things that have happened in the past. The guy went to the World Cup. The guy didn't get beaten particularly. Giroud beat him to a header like we saw Varane gets beaten or some of the other great centre-backs who we, we talk a lot glowingly about. I thought, considering the situation, considering what he'd been, considering he'd hardly played a game for Manchester United, I, I mean, you count on yeah. one hand, I thought he had an outstanding World Cup, as did John Stones, and I thought that was encouraging for Gareth, because that's an area of the pitch that I went into the tournament really worried about from England's point of view. And then those two boys showed with concentration, with the right support, with a good fullback, a nice base in front of them, uh, Declan Rice doing the job, that, listen, they didn't get too exposed at all. Before we wrap up the World Cup, Robin, jump on to the Premier League mm. real quick. Um, let's stick with Man United. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. And this talk is a little bit about some of the golden oldies and the old players and coming to the end, some of them, and you know, Luka Modric and Giroud and Messi and Ronaldo and a few others. And Di Maria is 34. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Played all the, I think he started all the games in the group stage, then got left out, spat his dummy out, fell out with yeah, the coach. The coach had to react to it. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I mean, and then we've got the news about him with the interview that he's terminated his contract at Manchester United. Yeah, What's going on with yeah. Ronaldo right now, mate? Is he tarnished um, his legacy a little bit? Yeah, absolutely tarnished his legacy. Um, showed a side, a narcissistic side that I don't like, that I think is part of him, um, that we saw at Manchester United when he didn't want to go on. And now he wants to sit with Piers Morgan and explain it, and Piers can be his cheerleader. That's okay if that's what you want to hear. But I, I have my own view. I see it with my own eyes. I, I watch the guy. Um, there's so much to admire about him and what he does. And I've been an advocate of, of him at Manchester United. But it's 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 a good part in other ways. I think Ten Hag's done a brilliant job of, of, of handling it well. He needs to move on. I'm not sure where he goes in world football, any, any club, any place that's going to be one of the big football um, divisions in, in the world. There's talk about he's going to go to Qatar or somewhere and be paid $200 million a year. And, you know, well, you know you're welcome to it. Uh, I think it's a shame, Rob. I, I think when you see how the Messi story has ended internationally and, and has ended, I think Ronaldo's really hurt his legacy a little bit at Manchester United. I think he gambled on that one in the fans what support Manchester United first, Cristiano was second. And I think he's done a little bit similar for the Portuguese. So the Premier League, Rob, is returning on Boxing Day. Um, we're yes, in sir. the UK getting, yes, getting ready for that. We are, the whole team mm. is going to be 
Um, probably our favourite part of our job, Rob, is, is to go to the UK, go yeah. to the stadiums, go to the Premier League, Premier League mm-hmm. games and broadcast from pitch side. We're doing that. Big, big day of mm-hmm. games on Boxing Day, December the 26th. We're going to be um, pitching up at, at the Emirates Stadium. It's the last uh, game of the day against West Ham United. But we're going to be there um, yeah. wrapping around every game up to that point. Now, I mean, it seems crazy to start thinking about a World Cup just finished <laughs> and the Premier League starting a week yeah. later. Um, mm-hmm. Just generally, Rob, I mean, my yeah. my thought, I mean, how unpredictable is this first few weeks going to mm. be? First off, it's going to be like, it's going to be like a new, the start of a season, which is always a little bit crazy and you get some crazy results, like a new start of a season, which it pretty, pretty much is. Um, you've yeah. got the physical and emotional, um, you know, the, the, the differences in some of these players coming back from the World Cup. Yeah. Both of those important aspects, who knows? You've got the players who didn't go there. What are they going to be like? Are they going to be yeah. rusty? We saw yeah. a funny Alan Harland video, Rob, as him cutting the grass at the pitch and, <laughs> and not yeah. knowing what to do with himself, chomping at the bit to come back. Those, there's part of it. You've got some injured players mm. that we probably should just touch on, Rob. Gabriel Jesus for Arsenal is going to be out with a knee injury. Yeah. And Luis Diaz has had a setback with his injury problem at Liverpool. I mean, there's so many issues that we can't get to in 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 this podcast, no. because, you know, of all the, the things that could happen. I mean, we're all incredibly mm. excited to get to welcome the Premier League back. I think it's the first European league that's back after the World Cup, so that we hope to get a good a good lot of people watching um, the first yeah. game, Rob. But what, what are you generally expecting in this crazy season of a World Cup and then the Premier League returns? Well, well I think the biggest point to say is, I don't know what to expect, because this is unique, Rob. Mm. And, and, yeah. and, and as I was thinking about our, our podcast, I, th- I was thinking, well, it is unique, but I'm going to sort of say, remember, it's similar to me to the pandemic, Project Restart. Like, we went uh, missing yeah. for a while, and then all of a sudden we came yeah. back with a number of games to go, and it was a little bit like, mm, what, what are we going to get now? How fit are people? Yes, that was without fans, and that made it very different. But I think we were in a stage, Rob, where... It was good. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it was good. I'm not really sure, you know. I, I, again, Mano told me that you know we broke up for duty on on Monday, the 14th of November. Everybody was reporting for the nationals who were going to World Cup. It's December the 26th, Rob. We're, we're all back to back to normal mm. business. And some teams, I believe, will have had almost like a second preseason. They've been warm winter training. Some have been in the likes of Dubai. Others have been in other mm. parts of the world. That's always interesting, Rob. I always remember during our Wimbledon days, and this is going back where our manager would have a 10-day spell sometime just before Christmas, like the early part of December, and he used to say, this is our second pre-season. And we used to run for mm-hmm. 10 days. We didn't touch a ball. We used to say, this mm-hmm. gets you through the second half of the season. So some teams will have had that. And I think the importance of the time and the uniqueness of this season, Rob, is that managers will have been given a month to work with players. Now, if you're bottom of the table, so I'm talking mm. Southampton, Forest, Wolves, the likes of Villa with Unai Emery, a new manager, that's got to be a godsend. That's got to give yeah. you time to do some work. You know, Lopetegui's come in at Wolves, Steve Cooper's had all those players to, in, yeah. in, to, to bring in at Forest. So I just feel like it's an opportunity for some. The league's tight at both ends. I look at the bottom end of the table, Rob, nobody's adrift. Three or four games mm. in into this, you know, as we get going into the second half of the season, 
it could be a really important time. West Ham and, and Everton just above the, the bottom three. Or, you know, they have a couple of bad results. Rob. They're going to be bottom three. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and then you look at the top of the table, Rob. I mean, yeah. Arsenal's incredible start of the season. They're five points yeah. ahead of Man City. Newcastle United, a third place in the yeah. Premier League right now. Spurs on 28. Man United on 26. Liverpool on 22. I mean, it's just going to be an incredible second half of the season. I think Arsenal is the one that I can't wait to see on Boxing Day. Yeah. We're going to be there live. I'm gonna, yeah. I don't know who's going to play up front. You know, I guess Reese Nelson also um, had an injury. I guess Eddie Nketiah. They'll be wrapping up in, in Cornwall yeah. Rob, to make sure he doesn't get injured. But can Arsenal maintain that incredible momentum, the, the brilliant winning streak they've been for the I, first I think they the can, by the way. I think they can. Mm. There's just more to, to, to Arsenal than anyone. Man, let's remember Gabriel Jesus, as great a player as he was, was and playing well before he went to the World Cup, had, had, wasn't on a great scoring form. You know, they're finding ways to get goals without him. And I know he's absolutely going to be a big miss. And you absolutely rather him in your team than not, uh, mm. picking up the injuries that he's had. But I've still got belief that Arsenal can be competitive, mate. They can keep pushing um, Manchester City if they're the ones to come out of the pack. We've got to see how City are with the Haaland's, as you said, who, who, who didn't go to the tournament. He's had a month off. You know, does he just hit form? The Kevin De Bruyne's yeah. Rob of the world, who's had a disappointing yeah. World Cup. And, you know, What's it meant to him? Julian Alvarez, who had a brilliant World Cup. I yeah. mean, he's on fire, yeah. scoring goals. I mean, you, you play him, don't you? I mean, once he's got mm. over celebrating for the next month, probably. Um, so they're going to be interesting. Newcastle are going to be interesting. I mean, you know, Spurs with Hugo Lloris at the World Cup and Cristiano Romero, yeah. of course, for Argentina. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of... I put so Chelsea and Liverpool, so Rob, I put it. Chelsea and Liverpool United are in a little bracket for me. Like, mm, a little bit, you know, in different form for... For both managers in all three clubs trying to force, you know, making yep. sure that, that they get top four football. It's going to be a really interesting second half then. Brozier's been injured, isn't he? He's out for the yeah. season with an ACL for, for Chelsea, which yep. is, is disappointing news when, you know, we know centre forward has been a bit of an issue for him and getting it right at the top end of the pitch. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, they, they, you, you can almost make a story for every team in, in the league, you know, you know um, and, and, and what might happen in the second half and that. Everything is up for grabs. I mean, you know, our, our producer for this podcast, Rob, wants us to kind of make predictions. I mean, how difficult is it to make predictions yeah, right I, now? I mean, right given, now. I, mean, I, I, I will. I will. But, I mean, given the, 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 the way that players are going to come back and how teams are going to sign. I'm going to hold it. I, 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 know he, I know he wants us to do it. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a week's grace. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to hold back gonna... January the 1st. I'm going to take to January first. I'm just got to look at a couple of things in the first few days, mate. I've got to have a little look at things. Well, I, I'm not. I'm going to flip and tell you right now. I'm going to tell you the top four right now in the positions. Man City are winning the title. Arsenal are finishing second. Tottenham are finishing third. Liverpool are going to find a way to climb over wow. Man United and Chelsea wow. to finish in the top wow. four. You say, wow. you say January the 1st. That's the transfer window opens. So of all the unpredictability from the World Cup, you've got a transfer window open. You, no, but, but I want to see want to some, more I want to see some teams, what happens, what's the effect of a month out in a unique season where some have been to World Cup, some haven't been to World Cup, some have had injuries, some have had four weeks of training. I want to see with my eyes and I'll be standing at the side of the pitch on some of those games to what's going to happen in the second half of the season. Right, Rob, friend. there's so much. I, listen, other quick, like, 
Gary O'Neill, permanent head coach at Bournemouth. Was yeah. It? I mean, good for him. Well done. And also, by ambitious, the way, ambitious man- owner, by the way. Ambitious owner. Let me tell you this, Bill Foley. Very ambitious yeah, owner. Again, something else that we're going to be super excited to see. And by the way, mm. just a small matter of Man United are for sale with Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool yeah. and Man United. Two biggest clubs in England. Tell, two biggest clubs in England. And I'll tell you something about that, my friend. You're not telling me you're going to buy it. No, no, no. And what I'm saying is, there's going to be, isn't there going to be now for both of these clubs? Well, well who are we buying? What are we doing? Is it this ownership? We, you know, do we have to wait for new ownership? Is there going to be, I ask you. No, nah, that's going to take a while. I mean, the football's got to, yeah, but the football's got to carry on, Rob. The football's got to carry on. What does it mean in January for these club? teams? What does it mean for January for United uh, Liverpool? I don't think you know, it, it, it means. Sale. Why should they spend more money on players? Yeah, because they, to spend more money, they've got to be still producing and being active and winning games so that the price stays up there and people are going to pay more. I just don't know. They're going to, I, just, I just think that whoever doesn't do very well, it will be chucked out there. Well, we've got the uncertainty of the ownership. They want to sell. Who's the new owner's going to be? Well, it's going to be rumours all the well, time in the newspaper. I don't know. I'm just... You've got Liverpool flying up the table into fourth spot with your prediction, my friend. Uh, I just still look at that squad and think that they should be doing a ton better. The, the Luis Diaz thing does concern yeah, me. Look, and, and Man United is interesting with Ten Hag. It's kind of interesting. He's, he's kind of yeah. getting some progress there. What's Chelsea going to be like? Graham Potter. That we could spend another hour on every team in the Premier League with what we're excited yeah. about seeing. Um, yeah, all, all, all fun and games, mate. We can't wait. We've had, what is it, four or five weeks off now? Four or five Let's weeks, Let's get yeah. back to it. Yeah, this amazing league. Let's get back at it. Absolutely, my friend. Um, time to wrap it up there. Uh, so, despite much of the negativity starting around the World Cup in Qatar, it was on the pitch. We had a magnificent tournament. And Lionel Messi finally being crowned the king of football. They say Christmas is a time of giving. Well, we are giving because we will be at three grounds over the Christmas period, starting at Boxing Day. December the 26th, we will be at the Emirates to see Arsenal, as Robert talked about taking on West Ham, no Gabriel Jesus, how that's going to influence Arsenal. We then will be at Old Trafford, where Manchester United take on Nottingham Forest on December 27th. In December 28th, we go for the first time to Ellen Road as, 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 a, uh, as a group to watch Leeds take on Manchester City. So great games uh, coming up for you. Plenty to, to get at as we get back to the Premier League. But for now, I'm Earl. He's mostly together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. Have a really great Christmas. We'll see you on Boxing Day. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. <laughs>